0: Hello, America, and happy Tuesday. What a big news day already unfolding. And tonight it's going to get bigger, right? Because Donald Trump at 9 p.m. Eastern Time is going to make a major announcement. Most people believe he's going to be announcing his third run for the president, his effort to get a second term as president, to become the 47th president of America, just as he was the 45th president of America. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage of that. And our first guest tonight is perfectly suited for that. You know why? Why? Well, he has been running the polling for President Trump for many, many years. John McLaughlin, the longtime pollster, is going to be with us today. That's going to give us a lot of news. You should be really excited about that. But before we get to these interviews and the other guests, we do have a little bit of breaking news. A lot of people thought he would never do it, but Texas Governor Greg Abbott, just a short while ago, he declared that his country was under an invasion and he is going to be in extraordinary fashion, deploying the National Guard, gunboats, the Texas police, seeking foreign deals, compacts with other states to fight illegal immigration because he says the federal government has given up on the job. This is an action that has long been encouraged by many of the counties, the border counties in Texas, but a lot of people didn't think he would do it. It has big political And legal ramifications. He's invoking powers under the United States Constitution and under the Texas Constitution. That is a major, major breaking story. That we have covering right now. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. The story's atop Just the News, and we'll have uh, updates all throughout the day and night on that. Let's keep a close eye on that. All right. So we have at the top of the show, John McLaughlin. We're going to talk about Donald Trump. What does Donald Trump 3.0 look like? What does he have to do right? What about Ron DeSantis? What about Joe Biden? What about women? What about young voters? What happened in the election? We're going to get all of that from John McLaughlin. Then we're going to pivot to a story that a lot of news media aren't giving any attention to. They had no problem covering it when Adam Schiff waved his finger and accused Rudy Giuliani of doing illegal lobbying in Ukraine, along with my former lawyers, Joe DiGenova and Victoria Tensing. I even got slammed and smeared in that whole Ukraine impeachment thing. Well, guess what? Last night, federal prosecutors in New York said, Rudy Giuliani... There's no criminal charges. He's been cleared. His electronic devices and all that were taken from his home when he was raided. Well, all of that has been cleared. There is no criminal case, unlike what Adam Schiff and the Democrats alleged. Not a lot of media covering that part of it. They were glad to smear Rudy Giuliani. We're going to talk to the former New York City mayor about his vindication, about what it means, and about what's wrong in America where somebody can get accused, but when the reversal occurs. Nothing good as. And then we're going to turn quickly to a quick reaction. We're going to have a full interview tomorrow with Brandon Judd, the head of the Border Patrol Agents Union. But we're going to get his reaction real quickly in the final segment of the show about what's going on, what he thinks about this declaration by the Texas governor of an invasion. We'll have all that back to back to back right here on John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. Now, before we take our commercial break and get to John McLaughlin, a quick pitch for all of us. We have a brand new partner. We have amazing partners throughout the Just the News, John Solomon Reports, Just the News, No Noise family, right? One of them is one of my favorite shopkeepers and owners, Tommy John. If you like comfort wear, you're going to love Tommy John's. I do. And they're doing something special this year. For all the Just the News family, for all the John Solomon Reports family, you can take advantages of sale prices before Black Friday, take advantage of the before Black Friday sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself. Buy yourself a pair while you're at this. Tommy John's men's and women's loungewear are amazing. They have over 18 million pairs sold. I've got some of them. Giving Tommy John underwear and loungewear has become a holiday tradition. Get a load of this. You want to talk about satisfaction? 97% of the women and men who get a gift from Tommy John said they love it. I'm among them, right? When I go up to the cabin, it's cold. I think the temperatures have dropped now up here in Virginia. And uh, when I'm up at the cabin this weekend, I got some Tommy John on because it's comfortable. It is soft. It is warm. It is some of the best loungewear you'll ever have. So shop Tommy John's before Black Friday sale going on right now and get 25% off. You heard that right. 25% off. Everything at TommyJohn.com slash Just News. They set up a special website just for us. TommyJohn.com slash Just News. 25% off for a limited time only. Go there now. Give the gift to yourself and to all of your friends and loved ones at Tommy John's right now. Thanks, guys. Right, we're going to take that quick commercial break. When we come back, John McLaughlin followed by, you got it, Rudy Giuliani. And then we'll have a little sprinkle of reaction from Brandon Judd the head of the Border Patrol, on this historic announcement by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. We'll have all that right after this. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day.
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. We're just a few hours away from a big announcement down at Mar-a-Lago at President Trump's estate. A lot of people believe he'll be announcing to run for president for a third time, try to capture a second term. One of the people who knows Donald Trump best and also knows his political fortunes and how he resonates with the American people is his longtime pollster, John McLaughlin. And we're lucky enough to have him join us right now. John, welcome back to the show. It's great to be back, John. Any doubt in your mind tonight he's announcing? uh, Could he pull a, hey, I'm waiting for Herschel Walker, or do you think he's all in? No, I think he's all in. And uh,
2: because it's hard for him not to run in that, in spite of the fact that uh, a lot of the establishment Republicans who want to who rather control the country club than win elections. They they in spite of all their opposition and trying to slow him down and beat him. The the fact of the matter is the rank and file Republicans on the grassroots want him back again because we took a we took a, a post election survey that we're about to release where when we do release it will be on our website mclaughlinonline.com, but we did a thousand interviews that were done the day before among early voters and the day of the election of November eighth, and sixty-eight percent of all voters said the country was on the wrong track. However, only sixty-eight percent of them, which would equal forty-eight percent of the total electorate, blamed Joe Biden, and Joe Biden had a fifty-two disapprove. Uh, but the ironic part is Donald Trump. Uh, you know, in that in that same poll among. Republicans nationally who said they would uh, uh, vote in a Republican primary, or that, uh, uh, or, the, or that they would vote in the fo- and then later among all general election voters, uh, six, six out of ten Republicans wanted President Trump to run again. And they, if he does run again, they say they, they support him seventy-seven to eighteen. And uh, uh, you know, if he was running against Joe Biden, he was beating Biden fifty to forty-three. And he would beat Kamala Harris, 52 to 41. That was on election day. And since election day, there's been a, a, a huge stampede from, uh, I would say, establishment Republican leaders who want to stop him from running again, where they're trying to blame these losses on him. And the sad part for the Republicans is they were we were split going into the election Well, Democrats coalesced behind people like Fetterman. Uh, there was a euphemism among, among, you know, unnamed Republicans in the media who would say it was the quality of the candidates or they didn't like Trump did. So we're still, we were still having primaries in effect and we're divided when we're trying to take the House and the Senate. And fortunately, we're today, you know, while we speak, we're, we're going to take the House. And ironically, it's in those places where we fought redistricting and we fought most negatively against Biden and the Biden Democrats. So like in New York and Florida, uh, in New York of all places, we're gaining seats, but that's because the conservative party and, and, and leaders there fought redistricting so that we can net seats. So just in our own firm, we picked up, uh, we knocked off Sean Patrick Maloney and Michael Law, the people we work with, and we picked up congressional seats in uh, Nassau County with uh, uh, Anthony D'Esposito and uh, uh, George Santos, and then in Florida, we had two more clients win uh, uh, in Florida 4
0: and, and Florida 15. And the I-4 Beltway, really strong performance there, right? Even the Scotty Moore was close and no one gave him a chance against Darren Soto. So you had a really strong Central Florida surge there.
2: Yes. And we do a lot of work for the House candidates and the Senate candidates there, plus all members of Congress. We didn't lose a single incumbent. And the difference was two things. One is. We ran very aggressive to blame Joe Biden. One of the most disappointing things in, in our post-election survey is when we asked people if they were voting more for the Republican policy and their policies, or are they voting against the Democrats. Most people said they were who voted Republican said they were voting for the Republican policies. But usually, when you're, you know, I've been through elections where we took over the House in '94, took over the House in 2010. Usually, it's a vote against the Democrats who are in control. And that didn't happen this time. And that probably hurt the Republicans as a national message. In our campaigns, we ran against the Democrats. And I think our candidates were largely successful because of that. The second factor is ballots versus votes. The Florida Republican Party goes after every ballot However, it's cast when it's cast, meaning they go after, and this has been since like Jeb Bush was governor when I when I used to work for him, and where where they track when you get an absentee, when that absentee gets sent in, uh, when you vote early in person, when that gets sent, in, when that vote gets cast, and they and on election day, and they try to win it. And in New York, where we work for the Nassau County Republican Committee with Joe Cairo and Suffolk uh, County Republican Committee with uh, uh, Jesse Garcia as the chairman, they do the same thing where they know all the absentees by party registration. They know uh, who's voting early in person. And, and in Nassau where there's eight points more Democrats than Republicans, they were virtually even in the early in person voting so that they could win on election day and and you know make gains in Congress, in the Senate, et cetera. But nationally, if you ask the Republican National Committee for a list of, tell us who voted early in person and who's voting absentee and who's voting on election day and what their party registrations are, I don't know. I mean, the, the, you get, the campaigns individually get those numbers, but you know, when you're starting out like in Pennsylvania where the absentees uh, almost around a million were cast ahead of time and the Democrats had a three to one lead, Oz was losing by hundreds of thousands of votes bef- before Election Day. And that has to change.
0: Any doubt in your mind? Because let's be honest, Donald Trump wasn't a big fan of absentee ballots in 2020 or 2022. There were some in his family that disagreed. I remember talking to Ivanka, and she was all in favor of playing that you should be all in, right? Do everything. Is the president himself and is the Republican establishment ready to acknowledge if absentee ballots are legal, we got to play there. We can't give that early advantage away anymore. Do you think the mindset is about to change?
2: Um, It has to change. Otherwise, we won't win elections. And it has to change in a positive way. Now, I was in during 2020, during COVID, it was uncharted territory. And I was in meetings with President Trump, where he was arguing that fraud could be committed. And in retrospect of the 2020 election, when you saw the unsecured drop boxes in Georgia and other places that, that Zuckerberg paid for with nonprofits, you could see the abuse. And there's never been an IRS, that was paid for with taxes and ballots. There's never been an IRS complaint filed by, by any Republican organization. There's never been an FEC complaint, but the 2020 election, uh, there were abuses. And in Georgia, we worked for the House Republican majority and they corrected that, where what they did was they secured the drop boxes like they have in Florida, where only one person can drop in a ballot, not not somebody coming multiple times and dropping in ballots where they're harvesting ballots that go on in other states right now. And uh, also, you needed uh, voter ID for in-person voting and for absentees in Georgia. Oh, in my, my home state of New York, they don't require voter ID. It's a signature verification, and that is very very iffy and you know judgmental in a lot of places in new york he you know these these these, uh these wonderful people who volunteer for the election watchers and and, you know at the polls on on uh, election day they're nice people but they're you know anybody can come in and sign on these computers and you don't know and uh but there's no voter id in new york so who knows so uh um so the president you know, he had specific complaints. And, you know, if, if you if you have an absentee ballot where voter ID is required, like in Georgia, you know that that's a good ballot. And, uh, you know, you can put, whether it's people verify things over online with their social security numbers, they verify things all the time, uh, with driver's license, et cetera. There's no reason why they shouldn't do that in the United States. In fact, we have clients, like we, earlier this year, we worked for the Prime Minister of Hungary, we work for uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, who just won election again in Israel. They, they don't allow anyone to vote without voter ID. And most often there's no other early voting except on election day. It's a national holiday, you go vote, you show ID, and that's it. And they have bigger turnouts than we do. And uh, so, you know, we're kind of like, when people, when other democracies find out, you know, the crazy kind of methods we have from state to state uh and that and the ability to have fraud i've i've had uh uh, you know elected officials tell me this is what the communists did after world war ii where they changed the election laws and they had people you know submitting fraudulent ballots so uh, we're kind of a laughing stock uh in a lot of parts of the democratic world because of
0: the potential for fraud in our elections so let me just dig in a little further nevada in Arizona, you're not going to be able to change the current ballot rules because the or Michigan or Pennsylvania because the Democrats have enough control. The legislatures won't be able to get anything through. Do you still dig down and play the absentee game there and just try to do it? Be- Basically, you have to do it better or as good as the Democrats, and then, of course, you're always going to win the day of vote. Is that the goal going forward?
2: Well, I, I, at a minimum. By the way, I don't I don't concede the first premise because in New York State, we didn't control the legislature or the governorship, and they they tried to overturn a redistricting committee, and then we had a we, we had win a referendum last year to uh, to revalidate that and to throw out same day registration and to vote down no excuse absentee's. But we fought that in referendums, and then we fought it in the courts. And they tried to legalize non citizen voting, where you could have illegal immigrants voting in New York City. We fought that. So, you, so you have to have a much more aggressive legal strategy, and then you have to, you do have to fight them in the legislatures to put those Democrats on record uh, whether they support non-citizen voting, whether they support, whether they're against voter ID. Um, you have, you have to make it a campaign issue and go with them. So I wouldn't concede any state. I would, I would go after them the way they go after us. You know, they say, they said in Georgia, well, you're going to deny people civil rights. No one's civil rights has been denied.
0: No, in fact, voting went up. Shows you what happens when people have trust in the system. They'll actually vote more frequently. All right, let's get to Donald Trump. When he came down the escalator at Trump Tower 2015, he was an unknown. Everybody knows his shtick now, right? They know he's a fighter. They know he's going to punch you in the mouth if you punch him, and he'll always punch harder. They know what America first means. They know what he can do when he's been in the uh, presidency. And they also know that in 1820 and 22, he came up on the short side of elections. What is it that President Trump has to do to make sure that he can win in 2024?
2: Well, I think he has to he has to renew his brand, where people know what the Trump brand is. They know he was a good president. If you ask today among likely voters, you know whether you approve or disapprove of the job he did, um, the, the majority of Americans will tell you he did a good job. And so you have to start with that and say. Remember what what I did as president versus what Biden did. It's interesting because their job approvals now are basically the flip side of the same coin where Biden's disapproved. We have 52 disapproved. Trump, you'd get about a 52, 53 approval rating. And the difference is the personalities. Trump is more combative. Trump, as you as you said, the Democrats know every time you punch him, he's going to punch back. So he has to be aware of that, and he has to renew his brand and emphasize the positives of that brand. He may not be the warm fuzzy politician, but he's the kind of person who's going to, he's the kind of person who will stand up to the Democrats, say you shouldn't be paying, you know, five six dollars a gallon for gas. You shouldn't be worried about losing your job because we're in a recession. You shouldn't, you know, the economy should be growing the way he left it, with it with a stable, strong economy. Also, what's coming, what's, what's happened now is the war in Ukraine is still going on. That would have never happened if Donald Trump was president. So the idea of a strong America versus a weak America, and certainly the idea of law and order back in the United States, this congressional midterm election didn't solve the problems we we're having with immigration, fentanyl.
0: It kicked the can down the road, quite frankly.
2: If anything, it's left us with the same problems so Donald Trump can literally say here's what I did as president. You know what I did. You may not like me. You may not want to follow my tweets. You may not want to watch my rallies. But you know what I'll do as president and I will I will get America strong and safe again. And look at what they're doing. He needs to play more offense. The Republican leadership was was busy fighting among ourselves in a lot of places where they should have been playing offense, going after uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats collectively, and they should have been, instead of compromising or, or sitting back when the Democrats were passing legislation that was fueling inflation, they should have been fighting. So, he, you know, so President Trump, you can be sure he'll he'll fight aggressively from his point of view, which is the majority of Americans' point of view, but he'll have to do it in such a way that, it, that it's a real contrast to Biden, who's going to decide he says after Christmas, but so we'll see, or uh, whatever Democrats emerge from their field.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. There is two gaps. If you look at the majority of the vote, Republicans are in great shape. They won the popular vote on the day of, won married men, unmarried men, and married women. They lost unmarried women by a 70% margin, and they lost people under the age of 35 by about a 65% margin. How does Donald Trump reach across those aisles as a 78-year-old guy, whose personality sometimes is too abrasive to women, and say, I still want to help you, I still want to help your kids? And is climate change, do do Republicans come up with their own climate plan, which isn't killing gas and and killing oil, but rather nuclear and natural gas, we can get to the same low carbon emissions and steal that issue from the Democrats?
2: Well, I think the first challenge is to win the primary, guy. So there's going to be primaries. So a lot of what you're talking about is a general election, because nationally, uh, Republicans in, in our post-election and in the media post-elections, I've seen one were, you know, among our own Republicans overwhelmingly. Uh, we didn't do well among Democrats. There wasn't enough switching among Democrats. So we got a little more rejection of Democrats, older, younger, although the minority voting was moving towards the Republicans again. And it started with Donald Trump running for president. And certainly even when when uh, in the 2020 election where Biden won, he was still improving among African-Americans and Hispanics. And the midterms, we, we did well with African-Americans and Hispanics. And, uh, and, but the younger voters is still a problem. And a lot of that has to do with where they're getting their information and where the, me- the media is getting. For a while, I was more optimistic about the younger vote, but the Republicans really didn't speak to them. And the Democrats were, you know, trying to, Trying to get their votes with, with you know I mean now it's been thrown out, it seems to be held up in the course uh, student loans and other things like that where Biden was going to forgive those things but um, but going back to uh, uh, going back to your the real challenge is doing better among independent uh, women and getting more Democrats because the two parties are in partisan parity, and if we get ninety percent of ours they get ninety percent of theirs you then it's critical that you win, have to win the independent vote which we usually win independent men but we lose independent women and um and and in this election the democrats hung on to the abortion issue and we are telling people you know they're going to ban abortion, or like that it really went back to the states and most states didn't change their laws so uh um so so the republicans needed to be more aggressive about that and flip the uh put the uh, argument back to inflation, but I think the younger voters are gonna be more concerned about the economy. Because overwhelmingly, the voters in our post-election said the is getting worse, not better, 67 to 28. 82% have been impacted by inflation. 47% to the point that they're having basic ends meet. They can't afford it. So these younger voters who expected to get out of college or, go, or be working and get good jobs, Find themselves they can't catch up, they don't have enough money to buy a house, so the house uh, you know you can't buy a house, you can't buy a car it, you're paying exorbitant interest rates um so I think there's an opportunity for the president to to you know intersect with their self interest about uh, i can I can bring you back to a time where you can have a brighter future because right now you're not going to have a brighter future but um but that's that's the challenge of the campaign right now. And, uh, but I think it's mainly on economics and mainly on keeping America strong and safe again, which is, which should appeal across the board, regardless of age and race, et cetera. And, and I think President Trump will continue to, uh, uh, continue to bring minority voters into the Republican Party. And I think a lot of that has to do with his appeal is among working Americans. So that the biggest change that the Republicans are having culturally is the country club has lost control of the party the party is now the working class party it's the it's the working middle class of america belongs to the republican party regardless of race color free religion so uh so I, I think uh the challenge for President Trump is to keep that going and then broaden it so that just like in this midterms, the Republicans in the national generic vote, they won the uh, uh one among subur- suburban voters and they were doing better with uh, uh independent women. Uh, we need to keep that momentum going to, to broaden from that strong working middle-class American base.
0: Let's talk about the primary. The big gorilla in the room alongside of Donald Trump, of course, is going to be Ron DeSantis. Trump has already launched a couple of Warning shots across Ron DeSantis's bow. I want you to play out three scenarios. One, they get into a full nuclear war, and they're both beating on each other for the heart and soul of the party. Two, DeSantis says out and clears the way for Trump. Three, they get together and create a super ticket. What are the chances of all, any or all of those happening?
2: Well, I, I, since I'm not part of the DeSantis campaign, I really don't know, you know, about yeah, well, I do know that Donald Trump, you know, nationally is a stronger figure. And and uh, although, you know, you have to congratulate Governor DeSantis on his win in Florida, he really ran as, he ran as a Trump candidate, you know. And, you know, right now I'd like to see President Trump, you know, fi- focus his debate with Joe Biden and the Democrats. And that would be most beneficial because, you know, that would eclipse Ron DeSantis. And then Ron DeSantis has to decide, do, does he get in or not? Because a, a good bit of DeSantis's encouragement is from the anti-Trump media and from—
0: The never-Trumpers, yeah.
2: You know, never-Trumpers within the Republican Party. And the ironic part is that Donald Trump says tomorrow, oh, gee, I'm not running. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather you, know, lead, you know, I've got a very comfortable life. I, I'd rather play golf and not run. You'd see a lot of that support for DeSantis would evaporate because they were just, they're just lining them up to stop Trump. And uh, DeSantis, although he does have a, a great base in Florida, it's really a subset of the Trump base. And he's, he's, he's holding back because if he gets in against Donald Trump, there's going to be people nationally who say, you know, we're not sure you can do this. We know what Donald Trump can do nationally. You should wait. And I think a lot of Republicans would say, sure, Trump-DeSantis would be a great ticket. But that's really up to those those two leaders to decide. And I don't know what uh, Governor DeSantis is thinking. I do know what President Trump is thinking. And he's thinking about beating Joe Biden and Democrats. Because he really does care about the policies put in place. That He really did. I mean, when you think about it.
0: There is a Trump doctrine, isn't there? There really is a Trump doctrine.
2: Yes. And he got America through uh one of the toughest times in our history uh where you know for four years he didn't have us involved in foreign wars he was pulling us out and he was making us stronger plus also he got us through covid and he was standing up you know to in effect uh you know biden says china is an adversary not an enemy most americans think it's an enemy and they do most americans think they're responsible for the virus and you know biden's talking about climate change and reparations for climate change, and Americans are wondering about reparations from COVID. I mean, you know, there's a there's a big disconnect between what the elites in the Democrat Party think and what uh, the, the working middle-class heartland of America thinks. So I think Donald Trump would like to see those policies put back in place and move America back in that direction.
0: And one could argue there's a big disconnect between the elites and the Republican Party, not the Trump team, but the, the traditional elites and the working class party as well. That's really one of the things that this 2022 election exposed. The leadership of the Republican Party at the Congress level didn't have a conversation with everyday Americans. They talked past them somehow. and. You know they're still going to get the house, but they got to figure out how to have that conversation. Should Donald Trump spend the next few months just focused on Joe Biden, ignore DeSantis until he gets into the race?
2: I would, I would think so. Right now, that's the most. I mean, there's a lot. It, it's let if, if DeSantis wants to make a make it a you know two way primary or um, you know enter a multi candidate primary, that's his decision. In the meantime, the name of the game is winning the general election in 2024, and. And having that policy debate in between um, about the direction of the country. I mean I just went through it in a, in a different way with, with I've been very fortunate uh, for almost twenty years to work for uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu in Israel. And you know he was he was uh, you know they stopped them because they have a different system. With the, uh, in 2019 one of his coalition's partners pulled out of him, so they had a bunch of elections. But they got a government that was an anti-Netanyahu government. It was about stopping Netanyahu. So they created an anti-Netanyahu government that had socialists in it and some centrists. And then it had some uh, Arab parties, including the Muslim Brotherhood Party. And the coalition couldn't exist. So when they came apart, the country had high inflation, had security concerns, as always, and was now worried about Iran again. And guess who? As the person with the right solutions who won their election a week before the American elections, he won decisively. Was D.V. Netanyahu because people felt that buyer's remorse that again he could he could give them a stable right wing government for four years that would that would fight inflation and keep them keep them safe. Uh, on a small on a smaller scale, it's a smaller country, but on a smaller scale. It 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 sure seems like a good paradigm for uh, President Trump right now because we've got uh, we've got uh, certainly the Biden administration two more years and he got a late duck Congress. God knows what they're going to do between now and the beginning of the year. But the uh, um, but you've got two more years to to debate about uh, should Biden be continuing these policies or should uh, America be energy independent again? Should we have lower inflation? Should we have be stronger in the world? i mean it it seems like that's the most profitable uh you know debate in, uh in the in the upcoming campaign yeah, no
0: doubt what's the most important weakness that Donald Trump needs to shore up? We know his strengths right? The people know he's tough. people know that on the world stage Russia and China behave better when Donald Trump's on the watch. they know he's got a good economic policy, he speaks for the middle class worker. What is the one or two weaknesses? Because when you're on the public stage for eight years, like he's been now, there are certain things that start to show up in the polling data. What's the thing he needs the most shore up?
2: I think one of our biggest challenges is the fact that most media is anti-Trump in the United States, where, you know, just the news is very fair. You give the facts, you, you know, let people decide for themselves. Uh, and that always positive to Trump, but, but certainly fair. And most media in the United States is unfair to them. They don't broadcast as the rallies. They don't, you know, they look for anything they can take out of context. So his biggest challenge is trying to, you know, keep his support, keep his base when he's not getting a fair shake from most of the media in the United States. Even Fox News has been critical of him. So, uh, which is, you know, a lot of people think it's right of center, but a lot of people notice that they, you know, they they're not um, they're not necessarily fair all the time to him anymore. So you've got certainly the major broadcast networks for TV, certainly, um, uh, certainly, uh, uh, most of the cable systems are not favorable to them anymore.
0: Most of social media aren't favorable to them either.
2: No, no, and you have to you have to get your message out. Where uh, and I think the biggest challenge we had uh, over the past couple of years was big tech was was shutting us down. So you lost your ability to free speech and get a message
0: you can't go around the media if social media is shut off to you right yeah
2: so i think the biggest challenge we have is is trying to get a message out where big tech and big media are against us and that's going to be a real challenge because you know before he ran for president he was he had the highest prime time rated tv program he had you know when i when he thought about running in 2011 and then decided against it was because they were going to take him off. The, he, didn't, he wasn't ready to give up his TV show, and uh, and he didn't think it was the right time for him. And that was a good call. But uh, uh, but he was people were able to see him and like him on TV outside of the news in an entertainment format. But they said, Oh, really? <laughs> you know different kind of personality. But he he he's he's a smart businessman. He's an outsider and he seemed fair and honest, and there was a likable quality to him if you, if you watch that TV show. It's very hard for him to project, um, you know, what people know him, you know, on a personal level, you know, he, he, he's somebody that, here's this New York billionaire, and, and you're saying he relates to working people, where he, construction guys like him, where people that work in factories and farms, they like him. And well, how do you get that across? When you know they're they're shutting you out of Facebook where four to five voters are on Facebook, how do you get that across when you don't have a Twitter account anymore um so uh uh so so it's you know it's one of those uh uh one of those it's a real challenge, but we've got to fight to to get that across because um you know he could give a great speech for a half an hour or an hour at a rally or an event and if it's good, no news goes out in the mainstream media or big tech, and then at the same time, if he if he makes a mistake in ten or fifteen seconds, they put it all over. So we've got a real challenge to get it out when uh, when 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 most of the uh, big big media and big tech are against us. And uh, but you know what, we we were able to do it in 2016, and uh, you know we had a challenge in 2020, but we'll we'll try harder. Uh, We'll try harder this time and, we'll, and, and the people, you know, the people will, will, will get out the facts and get out the issues to them and we'll let them judge for themselves.
0: That's all voters want, right? Give us the information. We'll make up our own minds.
2: Yes. And, and that's, that's all that I think that's all that Donald Trump asked. And that's all that, uh, that, that really most Americans want. Tell us, tell us, give us all the facts and let, we'll decide.
0: So. We're going to be watching tonight. Anything you're looking for tonight? What's the? What, is there one surprise, one little subtle thing you hope happens tonight that maybe isn't part of the script?
2: Uh, well, no, then it wouldn't be a surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. It wouldn't be a surprise.
2: <laughs> and with President Trump, you never know until you get
0: there. Exactly. That's why he's the greatest showman. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's on the politics stage. He's the greatest showman. There's no doubt about that. John, this is really helpful. I think everybody's trying to digest the election, which you've been able to put your finger on about where Republicans miss the opportunity so important. And it kind of that lesson is kind of where you start Donald Trump on his journey, which is you got to be talking to the American people at at their kitchen table, what's affecting them. And you got to stop being on defense. Donald Trump on offense, I think, is what people are going to want to see tonight.
2: That's what I'm hoping for. That's what the American people want to see. I hope. And I think he's the best person to give it to them.
0: Uh, That's going to be amazing. All right. Well, this is a big help. Thanks so much for joining us today, John. We're all going to be watching at 9 o'clock tonight to see how it goes down. So uh, thanks again. Thank you. Good to talk to you, as always. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, exclusive interview with Rudy Giuliani on his extraordinary vindication from federal prosecutors right after this. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As mentioned at the top of the show, there was a very big moment last night in American history. I really believe it's a moment in American history. Late last night, the federal prosecutors and the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York, who raided the home and law offices and the legal documents of former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani came out and said, there is no reason for criminal charges against the New York mayor. Now, most of us who watched what happened in Ukraine have known that for a long time, but for prosecutors to finally acknowledge that there was no criminal activity, that there was no reason to raid the mayor, and that there was no reason to smear his reputation. Well, now they have a document that can be pointed to. And joining us right now for reaction on his vindication is the former New York City mayor and our good friend, Rudy Giuliani. Mr. Mayor, welcome to the show.
3: Uh, John, thank you. It's always a great pleasure and honor to be on your show. You're just, as far as I'm concerned, you're one of the great investigative journalists in the history of this country. I mean, unbelievable what you've been able to accomplish.
0: Well, it was about three years ago this month when old Adam Schiff was out there dragging your name through the mud, my name through the mud, Victoria dancing through the mud. All we had done was try to tell the American people that the Biden family had a corruption scandal in Ukraine, in China. It's taken three years and your name now has been vindicated, as I knew it would be but uh, the idea that you got, there was millions of minutes of, of coverage of the allegations and hardly a trickle of uh, coverage of the vindication. I mean, we clear, clearly covered it big at Just the News, but your reaction first to being vindicated and to the lack of attention to the vindication after all the attention given to the false allegations.
3: John, you know, I, I go back to a case that actually I had substantial involvement in way back in the Reagan administration, and that's the words of former Secretary of Labor, Ray Donovan, where do I go to get my reputation back? Now, I'm not gonna go into detail of that, but I know that case. I was Associate Attorney General who knew that he was innocent. And he went through five years of being tortured, eventually was cleared by a special prosecutor and then uh, prosecuted by the Bronx DA and acquitted again. So uh, where do I go to get my reputation back? Where do I go to get my lost clients back? Where do I go to get the three, four million dollars they cost me? In clients' legal fees, damage to other parts of my business? I mean, they virtually ruined my law practice and played a part in the equally absurd and unconstitutional suspension of my law license, which may be even more outrageous.
0: Yeah, it's stunning to watch. And, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Mayor, I had this FBI whistleblower who's come forward, very courageous guy, a guy named Stephen Friend, who talks about the politicization of the Justice Department related to, mostly to January 6th. But he talks culturally. He said something very profound. And after what you just enumerated, I think it really applies here. He said the system has been designed by this Biden Justice Department to make the process the punishment, meaning even if you're innocent, by the time you prove your innocence, you have lost everything else. Reflecting on what you've just been through, he may be onto something there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Johnny is.
3: You know, I, I have on my desk here something I was given six years ago. It's a uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Department of Justice. I was selected and uh, given a Lifetime Achievement Award for my contributions to what was then an honest FBI. Right. There's nobody that loves and respects the FBI more than I do. Nobody. There may be some equal, but nobody more. And there's probably no one in, in the history of the country that's accomplished more significant cases with them than me. I, I, I don't know if I have to go over them, but my goodness, you know, breaking up Las Vegas, breaking up the Teamsters Union, putting uh, a 200 mafia people behind bars who threatened to kill me twice, uh, putting a 1,000 mafia, Italian mafia members behind bars uh, prosecuting the FARC and being threatened with having my throat cut. I can go on and on. I don't, I don't think, and I say this with modesty, if I can, I don't think there's a prosecutor in the last 70 or 80 years has accomplished half of what I have. And, and much of it with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Some of those people are like brothers and friends. and i mean, die for them. And as I said, six years ago, I was the G-Man of the Year. Those were former FBI agents. Before the agency was taken over by Comey, who is a very, very sick man and a very dishonest man, I hired Comey, as you know.
0: Right. That's right.
3: Uh, one of the great mistakes of my life, not realizing what a disturbed individual he is and what a pathological liar he was, and then succeeded by the person that's there now. Uh, I mean, I don't know... Did he actually take an oath of office, that guy? I mean, I...
0: Hey, Chris Ray, yeah. 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 They're, they're very similar in their approach and their histories. Yeah. This organization,
3: which has such a great history, is operating like a communist uh, a police organization now under a communist, fascist, Nazi kind of regime in which they engage, uh, their high priorities are political persecutions. And then we have a country that's beset with more crime in- increase than ever before in its history. And they make no contribution to that. And they go after parents who are worried about their kids being mutilated and not being told about it. we got an attorney general whose son-in-law is making a fortune based on that. I mean, what, uh, this is a horrible thing. And the American people, maybe half of them understand it at this point. But that's the good news, you know, John, and you're part of that. Uh, we've paid a heavy price, but we've, we're, we're, there, we're getting there. People understand it now. They didn't understand it two, three years ago.
0: It has to be rewarding to you to know that despite all of the mischief, despite all of the subterfuge, despite all the personal prosecution, Americans have figured out the Biden family were running a corrupt scheme to profit off of foreigners, to sell access, to pay to play. Because the polls show now, they didn't know it before the 2020 election because the censorship worked. But now they have figured out that what really was going on, what you were on the cusp of exposing was a pay-to-play operation that sold American access, sold American security to the highest bidder in the foreign governments. Um, is there any sense of solace in knowing that all you've been through, at least now the Americans know what it was going on? hundred percent. You know,
3: John, yes, there is. I, mean, I, 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 I know people say this, but I mean it, and, and I know you mean it. I only did this in my country. I mean, I knew that the moment that, Bart Schwartz and my original informant brought up the name of Joe Biden and said he was involved in this massive bribe. And then I looked at the tape and I looked at the evidence. I, I, at first, I didn't believe it. I know Joe for 35 years, thought of him as an honest man, one of the dumbest people I, I know. I know. And I said that long before this. I used to joke about it. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to think of a man that I know that's dumber than Joe Biden. But I always thought he was a fairly nice guy and never thought he was a massive crook. Now, I mean, he, he exposes himself as not just a crook, but a kind of an evil man. He, he, he inveigles his son into being his bag man when, I know mafia guys that wouldn't do that. And he he's completely disowned his grandchild. I mean, what grandfather does that? And now he's selling us out to China. I mean, how can, how, and, and the press, I mean, the president is no better. How can they be over there with him and not ask him, uh, Mr. President, are you affected by the $31 million dollars bare minimum that you and your family got from China? Is that the reason you didn't bring up uh, fentanyl that's slaughtering young Americans? Is that the reason why you didn't bring up the fact that China deliberately spread COVID all over the world and killed millions of people? I mean, is, is, is that why you, get, you gave up Bagram Air Force Base for 400 miles from China when no no president <laughs> that understood his oath of office would would do that. I mean, you sold out our country, Mr. President, to China. Now, I, I think we can see the motive for it. Is there a, is there a, is there a member of the press, including from Fox and other, other places, that has the courage to get up and say that to him? Because that's an appropriate question. He took money from our worst enemies.
0: They don't know whether to trust his decision because that doubt exists for all of that money that changed hands. And it should. Yeah. I mean, he's completely
3: compromised himself, his family, and unfortunately, the United States of America. How do I mean, who who would give up an air base 400 miles from China but a person that's been either corrupted or lost their mind?
0: Yeah, those are great questions.
3: And it may be either or both. I'm I'm in the midst of doing a podcast now going back of my warning the American people in August of 2020 that he had dementia. And I had two very distinguished doctors who put their – reputations on the line and painfully demonstrated point for point going through his videos of 25 years and said at that time one of them said he was at the midpoint of dementia and it was just going to get worse the other guy said he was actually in pretty bad shape it was when he couldn't remember the pledge of allegiance you know talked about having his hairs touched by young children enjoying it I mean you and I know the reality of what this family is all about. Yeah. I mean, we've seen things I've seen, I've seen things that I, I got to tell you, I might prosecute some of the worst criminals in the world. Yeah. I've seen things that they've done. I, I I mean, I never seen before and a total disregard, a total disregard for anybody but themselves.
0: I think the American public are going to get a little more taste of that. James Comer is going to take on the Hunter Biden investigation. I think he's going to lay it bare and we're going to get a lot there. I want to ask you about something that's evolved from the moment that you came under attack. So Adam Schiff tries to cancel you and try to suggest there's something wrong you did. The Justice Department tries to cancel you. At the end of the day, what they were really trying to do was to suppress the story that Joe Biden and his family were involved in a corrupt scheme. But now we have this new thing coming on. It's called disinformation. Information. Anything the Democrats and the bureaucrats in government want to cancel, any narrative they want to stop, whether it's COVID-19 or Hunter Biden, they just call it disinformation. The federal government's involved in it. But there's an interesting thing going to happen tomorrow. President George W. Bush... President Barack Obama, two guys who had their own issues with credibility when they were in the office. They're running rallies and seminars saying that they're supporting an effort by the government to suppress free speech in the name of disinformation. The idea that former presidents are getting into this gig, does it trouble you that we're, we're putting so much free speech at risk?
3: Trouble me. It, 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 uh, it disgusts me. It frightens me. I am so disappointed in President Bush. And I really am. And I worked very hard to get him elected. Yes, you did. And uh, I worked uh, very, very hard to get him reelected. He used to go around telling people he didn't know anybody with a bigger pair of than me. (laughs) Because of the things I did for him. I'm serious. A direct quote. What he's doing tomorrow is a direct assault on one of our most precious freedoms that he has no right to assault. Because it comes from God. Not from, not even from Thomas Jefferson and Madison and Hamilton, all those great patriots with, uh, you know, n- uh, intellects much greater than his or mine, and and with uh, a level of morality that was way beyond their age. And he and he and he is going to basically uh, propose for this country the kind of thing that's done in the so what's done in the Soviet Union, East Germany. Nazi Germany, present day China. So far, every bit of disinformation that these completely dishonest, unpatriotic crooks have, have located has turned out to be totally true. Let's take the, the, the most famous of all that the Hunter hard drive was Russian disinformation. First of all, uh, there was no, nothing suggesting it was Russian disinformation, but they're, but they're lying. 51 former intelligence officers of their administrations completely lied and never pointed. They said there was indicia of Russian disinformation, and of course they never pointed to a single indicia. They just said it as a general matter. It now turns out that they're absolutely 100% wrong, and their their reputations aren't destroyed.
0: They should be. No, they've moved on to the next disinformation thing. That's all they are.
3: they served the two presidents who are going to assault the First Amendment tomorrow. Yeah. And they got this country into Americans dying over, mis- over their misinformation. Uh, I mean, how, how, can we, how can we forget uh, the, the, one of the greatest intelligence failures in American history under Bush? How many Americans died over that? And, and they're gonna go pontificate about disinformation? I mean, the last, last time I checked, Obama gave a uh, cash to terrorists. I Might have put him in jail for that when I was US Attorney. Why in, God, why in God's name would you send hundreds of millions in cash to the country that's the biggest state sponsor of terrorism? Is Obama so stupid that he didn't know that they wanted cash so they could give it to terrorists? Gee, I figured that out the moment I heard cash. uh, Governments transact business by wire. Crooks translate, and terrorists do it in cash. What does that make Obama? Aiding and abetting, knowingly, the use of money to kill people. And if he didn't know it, gosh, he's he's just as demented as Biden.
0: Then you're AWOL.
3: So these guys have records that nobody's really taken a look at. I mean, they've done great damage to this country because of either their negligence, in the case of Bush, I think, or in the case of Obama, you give cash to Iran. You can't tell me you don't know that money is going to Hezbollah and the people that are gonna kill Americans. So, I mean, these these guys shouldn't, if anybody gets censored, these guys should be censored. They're, they're They're dangerous to this country. And they're going to get up and pontificate tomorrow. But I think the American people should know that the history so far, in about eight, nine different occasions that I can point out, every time they've raised disinformation, it's been a signal that they're lying. Because the disinformation has turned out to be true. Like, yes, the hard drive was exactly what you and I and Trump said it was. They were the liars. Yeah, there was no Russian collusion. They were the liars. Uh, yes, the conversation with the, with the, with, with the head of, uh, of uh, Ukraine, for which Trump was impeached, turns out by the hard drive that was being suppressed to be totally appropriate. And it was deliberately suppressed even by Barr, who's got something to answer for. What the hell was he suppressing that for? So, And maybe that's why he's overreacting now And become such a, uh, I mean, he says totally irresponsible things. He also misled me completely. In uh, January of 2020, he sent me to Pittsburgh to turn over my evidence to the U.S. attorney there with a woman uh, who was willing to give up Joe Biden's offshore bank accounts, who was in fear for her life. They left us stranded. Barr, the Justice Department. We're all aware of this. And they were aware of something I wasn't aware of, the corroboration that existed on the hard drive. So who's investigating that? I mean, Those are real. That's real probable cause to believe something really damaging was done. In my case, I'd like to know how they could possibly justify taking my, uh, taking my iCloud account not telling me.
0: They never established to you a probable cause, right? They never told you the probable cause for how they seize it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened to the probable cause? What, did it disappear?
0: That's such an important thing, right? Yeah,
3: they, they they had to have probable cause to go get my account. They had a pro- probable cause to invade my house. And they sure as hell had to have probable cause to go after my law office where all the clients are involved. What what And what happened between then and now? It disappeared? It went in the wind? Or did they never have probable cause? In which case, I'm seriously considering suing them for violating blatantly my constitutional rights.
0: You are considering a lawsuit, aren't you?
3: Damn right I am. I mean, and and for the benefit of the American people, not just me. I want to know the answers to, hey, guys, what happened to the probable cause? Look, you can indict a ham sandwich.
0: Yeah, that's true.
3: Right? Well, they didn't indict me.
0: They didn't even have a ham sandwich, did they?
3: (laughs) No, they didn't even have that. I don't think they had bread. And, I, and I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, maybe I'm being a, a lawyer here. I know damn well they didn't have probable cause. And they know they didn't have probable cause. This is completely political from day one. You remember the Southern District turned down the Biden case before I ever got it. You, you already knew about it. before. People should know that you knew about it before you and I ever talked about it. Yeah,
0: former U.S. attorney went to the New York U.S. Attorney in, in Southern District of New York and said, the prosecutors believe Hunter Biden didn't pay money on his taxes. He did that in October, 2018. This is something, you know, Mr. Mayor, I couldn't tell you this at the time because I had some journalistic obligations. I've, I turned over all my records. I remember when
3: I met you yeah. thinking that I was gonna inform you and you started telling me what you knew and I realized you were, uh, you were equal in your knowledge of this to, uh, to where I was independently. Which is why I think, which is why we trusted each other. And I never asked you. You told me you had other information. You gave me some, but you withheld others. You also, uh, people should know this about you, John. When I gave you information, you never just published
0: it. No, nope, we went and
3: checked it out. In fact, you checked it out. Some of it you, you, you didn't publish for two, three months until you checked it out.
0: We take the time. And you,
3: and you, and you knew when I gave it to you, I was telling you the truth. But you're, you're just like me. Look, there's nothing I've ever said about election fraud, election theft, or any of these things that I don't have support for. And that's why the Bar Association's pursuit of me is equally corrupt. I have, and I've given it to them. They already have all my affidavits, and they're still suspending me. I've given them over 300 affidavits from Pennsylvania. 300.
0: That's a, that's a profound number. That's the,
3: the, what I said about Pennsylvania is not me. It's 300 American citizens observing yeah,
0: things that went on,
3: small fraud, medium fraud and massive fraud. Okay, so they know I mean,
0: what they're. Mr. Mayor, I, last night, I will have a couple minutes up. I want to ask you about something that came across. So after we reported on the TV show last night, because it happened in real time that you had been vindicated by the Justice Department, uh, a woman uh, that, that instant messaged me and said, would you please ask the mayor if you get a chance? During the three years when all this went on, when all of these horrible things were being said about you and, and uh, uh, Adam Schiff was just smearing your name around and you were spending mil- uh, millions on legal bills, what is it that got you through that? When, you, when you're under such an attack, the woman asked me to ask you this, what is it that allows you to fight through that and realize that no matter what happens, I'm going to come on the backside of this okay?
3: Yeah, uh, John, it's love of my country. And I felt I felt like, I felt like um, there was no one else that could uh, defend this, uh, and this was my obligation. I mean, men have done, and women have done far more for this country than I have. I mean, they've died for this country. They've been tortured for this country. Um, so I wasn't gonna let these, I mean, I, I, can, I consider some of them traitors. I wasn't gonna let them destroy the greatest country in the history of the world and deny my children, grandchildren, your children, grandchildren, and everybody's, the benefit of the greatest country on earth. And you know these people just uniformly attack this country falsely and viciously. And Biden says we're, we're, we're uh, systemically racist. That's a vicious attack on the American people. That means most of us are racist. I mean, he doesn't understand what it means because he has a serious case of dementia, which I'm going to prove in my next podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what he's doing in China now is absurd. I mean, what he did in China is absurd. Z, I mean, you think Z doesn't know that this man has a mental illness and is taking advantage of it? The guy, the guy didn't know if he was in Colombia or Cambodia, and he, he he looks at the prime minister of Cambodia.
0: He missed the dinner tonight.
3: There's a difference between Asians and Colombians, and and Biden is racist enough to know it. So the mind is gone, and there isn't a single there isn't a single person. There isn't a single person in this administration that cares or loves America enough to raise to raise that. And they and he may, he 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 gives forth three four times a day unbelievable evidence symptoms of of dementia that you can find in the DSM five that I've become an expert on looking for dead people thinking a congresswoman that he, that was there who's dead uh, thinking that. Harris is the president and introducing her as President Harris and saying she's a great president. A man of sound mind does that. And there isn't a single person in the Democrat party that cares about this country enough to even raise the question, let's have him really seriously examined under the 25th Amendment. Because he's getting people killed. His dementia is getting people killed, like the 13 people that died in Afghanistan, that didn't have to die if we had a president
0: of sound mind. Well, we are facing some big issues ahead of us at Open Border, the the president's mental acumen, the fentanyl drug crisis. But one issue we won't have to face anymore is the truth that you always had they have abided by the law when you pursued these allegations in Ukraine. And by the way, what you were pursuing has all borne out to be true. And I think that's something that some Americans can take solace in. Mr. Mayor, it's a great honor to have you on this show and to get your reaction to this.
3: Thank you, Jonathan, And, and, and you know, the enormous amount of respect I have for you because you've gone through equal.
0: Uh, not nearly as much as you went through I didn't get rated well that's true you had other things happen to you which we know about but you uh, you stood firm and it's a funny thing facts are a stubborn thing aren't they sir <laughs> yeah thank God huh? <laughs> thank God well it's a great honor to have you on sir and I know we're going to have a lot more conversations in the weeks and months ahead thank you John and we, uh, there's a lot more to go God bless God bless alright folks we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back after these messages
1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Real quickly, some breaking news. We're going to take an extra segment of the show today. A few minutes ago, confirmation from Poland that missiles they believe were fired by Russia came into Polish territory, into NATO territory and killed One or more Polish citizens. A very serious, grave moment in world history. This is why people have been worried about this Russia Ukraine conflict spiraling out of control not confirmation yet that the russian missiles but the belief is they probably were because russia launched a large volley of missiles into kiev on the side of ukraine that's nearest poland very deep concerns we've got to keep an eye on that we'll have coverage on that all night long on justin news and one other thing i just had a brief conversation with Brandon Judd, the president of the Border Patrol Agents Union. We're going to have that whole interview for you tomorrow, but I want to break out one thing because it's important instant reaction. Brandon Judd reacted to Governor Greg Abbott's decision to declare an invasion at the border. I want to at least give you that. We'll have the whole interview tomorrow. You're going to, have to come back tomorrow listen to it. But listen quickly to what Brandon Judd had to say.
4: Hi, he, he must be applauded. Uh, what he's doing is unprecedented. What he's doing is is something that this administration fails to do. And he's also looking at what his constituents want. And that's what's so important from our elected officials. If our elected officials would actually do what the constituents want, there would be a lot less upheaval um, in this country. We would see this country being continuing to be the greatest country on the world. Look, we are the beacon for everybody to look at. Unfortunately, the, the last two years. Um, we're just going down a path that we don't want to go. And and what Governor Abbott is doing is exactly what his constituents want him to do. He is shining a spotlight on this issue. Um, He is making it an issue that the national media cannot ignore. And when they don't ignore it, then the American people know what's going on. And if they know what's going on, They're they're more apt to voice their opinion, to let their elected representatives know exactly what they want to do, what they want them to do. And if they know, if these elected representatives know that their job is on the line, we can then um, hope to see change.
0: All right, folks, that's a pretty important reaction, and a lot of people will be talking about that. We're going to have the whole interview with Brandon Judd, President of the Border Patrol Union, tomorrow. We'll tune in again, but tonight, that's what we got. We're going to take one more commercial break. We'll come back and wrap things up right after these commercial messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought
1: hits you.
0: All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Keep an eye on the website, justthenews.com all night. We're going to have live breaking coverage of President Trump's announcement. We're going to have more following up on Texas Governor Greg Abbott's historic declaration. We're going to have a little bit more on what's going on all across this country in the hanging elections. We have leadership elections in Congress. All of that will be covered 24-7 with the great team we have here at Just the News. So go to justthenews.com whenever you need a news fix. We've got you quite. And remember, it's not too early to get started on Christmas shopping. Christmas is only about six weeks away. Go and take advantage of that incredible Before Black Friday sale that Tommy John is having. You get special offers because you're in the Just News, John Solomon Reports family. How do you take advantage of that? Get 25% off everything at TommyJohn.com slash Just News. That's all you got to do. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Just News. You're going to get 25% off on all the products on that page. Get your shopping done. Get a pair of loungewear for all of your friends. It's a great Christmas tradition. And while you're at it, do something for yourself. You know what you're going to do? You're going to go get a pair of loungewear yourself and spoil yourself this holiday season. I'm getting a new pair because I'm going up to the cabin soon. I'm putting my order in and why not? Go to TommyJohn.com slash Just News right now. You're going to get that 25% off. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thanks for tuning in. Keep an eye on the website. A lot of breaking news day and night today. All right, that wraps it up. Talk to you tomorrow.